Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back, Buffalo Bills fans. It's Matt Warren, editor-in-chief at buffalorumlings.com and the host of Buffalo Rumlings Q&A on the Buffalo Rumlings Podcast Network. We are in full off-season mode over at buffalorumlings.com. I wanted to point you over there uh, before we get going here. We did an entire day on the outside wide receiver position at the end of last week, and um, you can go vote on that poll right now. Um, it's always interesting to note that we keep getting pushback because Gabriel Davis played so well, both in the in the postseason and in the regular season, that folks are just like, oh, well, he's going to be the new outside wide receiver, pair him with Stephon Diggs, and you'll be all set. But it's a lot more complicated than that. In each of the last two seasons, the Bills have had three wide receivers play more than 40% of their outside wide receiver snaps. So that's in addition to Cole Beasley playing more than 40% in the slot role. So they've had at least four wide receivers play at least 40% of the snaps. Now, we don't know what's going to happen with Ken Dorsey taking over the play calling as opposed to, um, to Brian Dable. But if the Bills are running that many receivers, you would think that you know they're gonna Bills are gonna need to get at least one more receiver to play at that outside receiver spot considering Emmanuel Sanders is a free agent. So make sure you go ahead over there, read all of our stuff on that, and then vote in our poll. Then we can also have an entire day uh, where we spent talking about the Bills defensive end positions and actually it was spread out over two days because there's so many different possibilities and scenarios with the Bills defensive ends. Two free agents in Jerry Hughes and Mario Addison, um, three young players. Um, oh, I forgot the third free agent, uh, F.A. Obata. So um, just a lot of different options over um, at the edge rusher position. We spent two days tackling that position last week. Um, And then upcoming this week, we have a couple days on the Buffalo Bills interior offensive line, the the guard position, and maybe a little bit of a talk of what to do with the center position moving forward um, as Mitch Morse turns 30 years old and has an $11 million cap hit. So lots of stuff going on over at buffalorumlings.com. Even though we're in the middle of the offseason, we are getting you ready for free agency. We're getting you ready for the draft. And we'll hone in on some of those a little bit more as they get closer. Uh, Before we get too far in, though, I have to remind you that you can submit your questions to our show at 716-508-0405. You can either text or leave a voicemail at that line, and voicemails always get first priority on our show. You can tweet us at rumblings Q&A. That's with the word and spelled out in the middle. Send us emails at buffalorumblings at sbnation.com. 
Facebook and Instagram messages to our official Buffalo Rumblings account will get to me as well. Lots of ways to get in touch with the show. Send in your questions. As we are in the offseason, we can go a lot of different directions with our answers. So moving into today's questions. I told you voicemails get first crack, and that's how we're going to open our show today with a voicemail from our voicemail line at 716-508-0405. Hey, man, it's Eric007 from Twitter here in Buffalo. Hey, I got some questions for you. Matt Hack, I imagine he's gone. We're looking for a new punter next year. As well, I'm really, really hoping Tyler Medikavich, he only serves one purpose, and that's special teams. I'm sure we can find a more versatile player to fill that gap. What do you think? What do you think? Talk to you soon. Look forward to hearing from you. Thanks a lot for your voicemail, Eric. Talking about the special teams units, and of course the special teams have been under the microscope this entire offseason after what happened against the Kansas City Chiefs in the divisional round, and now the Buffalo Bills have a new special teams coach. Um, I I do think Matt Hawk is going to be gone. Uh, he has a very large cap hit for a punter. His base salary is $1.25 million, and he has a $275,000 roster bonus. So the Bills could save, you know, $500,000, somewhere in that neighborhood, $400,000 to $500,000 by cutting him and signing a cheaper punter or just spend that same amount of money, like $1.5 million or whatever, on a, you know, fully capable punter. I think the reason that he stuck around as the season wore on, even though he was clearly not punting very well, is that he was holding really well for Tyler Bass. And I know people have been scoffing at that notion, but, you know, it it takes a really good... We saw it in the Super Bowl, right? It it takes a good holder uh, to get uh, the hold down for your kicker. And uh, I think they really valued what he was bringing to that locker room as the veteran in the room as well. But but you have Reed Ferguson, you have uh, Tyler Bass, you know, in his third NFL season now. I think they can bring in, you know, a, a better punter than that and they would save 1.2 million dollars on their cap which they could then turn around and spend on another player um it might be interesting to see them draft a punter uh, near the end of the nfl draft especially if they sign a guy with no guaranteed money on his deal a a new punter with no guaranteed money uh, because then you could have a legitimate punter competition in august um a holder and punter competition i guess uh, since they value holding so much but uh, I do think that Matt Hawk is is probably on his way out. He just he really underperformed his contract last year and um, just didn't do what they thought he was going to do at that punter position. As far as Tyler Matikiewicz goes, I've been looking at his contract a little bit because um, we, we just published an article about possible contract restructures, pay cuts, uh, that the Bills might be able to negotiate with, with people to keep them on the team. And so Tyler Matikiewicz came up because he does have a high cap number. I don't necessarily think they're going to be able to move on from him or do that kind of contract restructure either. He is 30 years old, um, and he is limited, like you said. But um, his base salary is $1.65 million, and he has a $750,000 roster bonus coming. So that's only about a million dollars more than the league minimum. I think you could get probably $2 million on the open market, so I don't think that the... Um, motivation would be there for him to take a pay cut with the Bills. Um, and and then if you turn around and sign another 
um, another special teams guy that makes like one and a half million. They could save a million dollars in actual cash, um, but I just don't know if um, if they want to sacrifice that, especially with a brand new special teams coordinator who's never held the role in the NFL. So I think keeping your special teams captain might actually be beneficial this year because of the departure of Heath Farwell. So um, I have him sticking on my roster um, this offseason. I might be the only one, but I have him sticking on my roster because to save $1 million, it's not, it's not necessarily worth it to me. So it, it really is does come down to finances with most of the conversations that I have is that that $1 million might not be worth it um, in, in savings for getting rid of all that experience in Tyler Matikiewicz and a guy who could be a coach on the field. Thanks for those questions um, on our voicemail line at 716-508-0405. Um, look forward to continuing to talk with you on Twitter. We're going to take a quick break, and then we've got some more questions when we get back, so don't go anywhere. Okay, let's head over to Twitter, where Mega1480 asks us, what's the percentage chance Beasley is on the Bills opening game roster next year? <clears throat> well, I think it's actually pretty good. Um, I, I think one of those contract restructures that I was talking about that I published on, um, on Tuesday morning was about giving Cole Beasley a, a, a you know, $2 million haircut on his salary. I think it makes sense for the Bills. I think it makes sense for Beasley. He's not going to get that much money, guaranteed money on the open market. Um, you know, the Bills can still definitely use his services, but he's clearly lost a step, I think, uh, specifically against man coverage. Um, so the cash-saving contract restructure that I suggested for Beasley takes his $4.9 million in base salary and lowers it by about $2.4 million. Now, I've put $2.4 million worth of incentives back into the contract so he can earn that money back if he reaches certain benchmarks. If he gets 700 receiving yards, which shouldn't be a problem for him if he plays all 17 games, uh, five receiving touchdowns, um, a Super Bowl incentive, a Pro Bowl incentive, like you put all of these different things in um, and, and, and Cole Beasley can earn that money back. But you know, you take a look at John Brown, who, when he was released by the Bills, was only able to secure $3.2 million in guaranteed money because of his age, because he had lost a step. And I just think that taking his salary down uh, to $3 million instead of $4.6 million and, um, and and reworking his contract, I think, really benefits him and it benefits the Bills. The Bills still want him. Beasley probably still wants to be here with Josh Allen. They have a pretty good rapport. Um, and there's no guarantees on the free agent market for him. So if the Bills want to guarantee that salary for him this year, but make it a reduced salary, I just think it's a win-win-win all the way around. Um, and, and then the Bills will be able to go out and do some wheeling and dealing. And again, that was published in the article uh, on Tuesday morning. Uh, it features um, potential pay cuts for Cole Beasley, Daryl Williams, and Star Latulale. Uh, John Feliciano and Tyler Matikiewicz also go under the microscope there, but I don't think either of those guys are going to be down 
for the type of contract restructure we're talking about. So really it's focused on those bigger three um, cap hits. Star Latule, $9.2 million. Daryl Williams, $9.9 million. And Cole Beasley, $7.6 million. So I think it's a pretty good bet that he's going to be on the roster in the fall. But it would kind of be surprising to me if it was at that same cap number um, that it's listed now on Over the Cap or Spot Track. Thanks for your question over on Twitter at Rumlings Q and A. That's with the word and spelled out in the middle. Ron from New Mexico. Next up on Twitter. Leslie Frazier negated Josh Allen's nearly superhuman effort in Kansas City. How can Buffalo get to and win the Super Bowl with defensive coordinator Leslie Frazier's play not to lose mentality clearly not working against the top tier offenses the Bills must overcome in the playoffs? Well, I think if you look at even what the Bengals were able to do against the Chiefs, you know, they, they rushed three and dropped eight into coverage. Um, I, I think the Bills need better play from their defensive ends, and the rest of that kind of stuff is going to take care of itself a little bit. I, I don't. I certainly think that they should have played a, def, a different defense over those last 13 seconds. Um, a jam at the line when you know that they have to get off the ball. Um, but I think they were also tired and playing on their heels after the track meet that was the end of the fourth quarter. So I at least understand it if I don't agree with it. Um, they needed guys chipping at the line. You don't need to be rushing four guys. You can be rushing two or three guys. And then F.A. Abada, who's standing over Travis Kelsey on that play that sets up the game-tying field goal, F.A. Abada can just put a shoulder into Travis Kelsey and disrupt the timing. If he does that, Jerry Hughes lands from the other side and gets a sack on that final play of regulation. So I certainly don't agree with what Leslie Frazier did at the end of that game, but those guys were gassed. They were tired. I don't know if they were necessarily playing not to lose. Um, and we also don't know what Sean McDermott said either to the kicker, um, to Heath Farwell or Leslie Frazier. So I, I still think that Leslie Frazier is capable of coaching a Super Bowl winning defense. He was on a Super Bowl winning defense, obviously. Um, he's, you know, been there. He's an established NFL defensive coordinator that, you know, can make mistakes too. So I think they can certainly win a Super Bowl with Leslie Frazier. Um, yeah. How can they overcome it? Uh, scoring more points than the other team. Uh, I know that's a bad joke, but, you know, that's pretty much what they were doing in the fourth quarter against the Chiefs. Anyway. Thanks for your question over on Twitter. PMarts with our final question of the day. Any thoughts on using Hodgins and or Stevenson for actual wide receiver snaps next year? Uh, I think Stevenson has a good opportunity to replace Isaiah McKenzie if McKenzie leaves to, say, go to the New York Giants with Brian Dable. Uh, he could be in line to make a little bit more money over there than Buffalo is offering, and now he has leverage. And so um, if... Isaiah McKenzie does leave. I think you can see Stevenson uh, stepping in and taking those slot receiver snaps. As far as Hodgins, I think he's a really enticing name. Um, if his special teams prowess is you know up to snuff, um, he he definitely can be the fourth wide receiver for this uh, fourth outside receiver for this team. The Jake Kumaro role. Uh, Kumaro played about ten percent of the offensive snaps in twenty twenty one. Uh, if Hodgins is playing 10 to 20 percent of the offensive snaps in 2022, that would be very 
interesting to me. He can play in the slot. He's a good route runner. He's got the size to play outside. He's got a little bit of that versatility in him. Uh, but just being able to be active on game days, he would have to be a special teams guy in order to do that, I think. I do think they still need to add at least one outside wide receiver um, to go along with Stefan Diggs and Gabriel Davis. Um, in fact, I think it might actually be a pretty high pick in the 2022 NFL draft for the Bills, say the first two or three rounds, um, because of how expensive Diggs is going to be over the next four years, uh, because Gabe Davis is going to be a free agent in two years. I think setting that long-term plan, especially when you have a hole at that position, um, is an important distinction to make. And so, uh, you know, Hodgins played the entire season on the practice squad, even when the Bills had problems with COVID and, and all that other stuff, they didn't really lean on him at all. Um, in the one game where he actually played, uh, that was when uh, Cole Beasley was out with COVID protocols, and so was Gabe Davis. So he only played four snaps on offense. He played in garbage time uh, when the Bills were up um, two scores on the New England Patriots. So they obviously didn't uh, – they leaned on Isaiah McKenzie in that game. They've leaned on other players over and over again, but they never – really wanted to trust Isaiah Hodgins with that. Maybe this is the year that he does it. He's always shown well in training camp, but uh, we'll have to see what the Bills end up doing with him. He's a guy that I think could make an impact, He, but he hasn't gotten an opportunity, and there's probably a reason for that, at least in the Bills coaching, um, I don't know, mindset. So it's, it's, he's a, a very interesting player to keep an eye on this offseason because how they address the, the wide receiver room is going to say a lot about what they think about him. And frankly, I think they need to address the wide receiver room. And then if he beats out another player to get more playing time, you know, that's a win for the Buffalo Bills. Thanks for your question over on Twitter at Rumblings Q&A. That's just one of the many ways you can all submit your questions to us. You can leave a voicemail at 716-508-0405. You can email us, buffalorumblings at sbnation.com. You can send us Facebook or Instagram messages to the official Buffalo Rumblings accounts, and they will make their way to me. There's lots of ways to get in touch with the show. You can always help our show get more reach as well by, by letting your friends know all the different shows on the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network. And, uh, you know, just telling them which shows you like to listen to. There's something for everybody. We have so many different podcast hosts over at Buffalo Rumblings. It's just a great one-stop shop for all your podcasting needs. Keep it locked into buffalorumblings.com this entire offseason as we hit free agency and the 2022 NFL draft. Uh, we've got experts on the draft, experts on free agency, experts on the salary cap and how the bills are going to manipulate that, all that stuff over at buffalorumblings.com. Thanks for listening and go Bills.